0: Welcome to Wisdom Today. My name is Bill Kelly, and I'll be your host. In this podcast, we will be exploring the book of Proverbs. Let's open in prayer. Father God, I thank you for anyone listening to this podcast today. Lord, I pray that you give them ears to hear and a heart to receive everything you have in store for them. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Proverb 21, beginning in verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. To do righteousness and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. A haughty look, a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked are sin. The plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty, but those of everyone who is hasty surely to poverty. Getting treasures by a lying tongue is the fleeting fantasy of those who seek death. The violence of the wicked will destroy them because they refuse to do justice. The way of a guilty man is perverse, but as for the pure, his work is right. Better to dwell in a corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a contentious woman. The soul of the wicked desires evil. His neighbor finds no favor in his eyes. When the scoffer is punished, the simple is made wise. But when the wise is instructed, he receives knowledge. The righteous God wisely considers the house of the wicked overthrowing the wicked for their wickedness. Whoever shuts his ears to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. A gift in secret pacifies anger and a bribe behind the back strong wrath. It is a joy for the just to do justice, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. A man who wanders from the way of understanding will rest in the assembly of the dead. He who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. The wicked shall be a ransom for the righteous, and the unfaithful for the upright. Better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. There is desirable treasure. An oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man squanders it. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life, righteousness, and honor. A wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. A proud and haughty man, scoffer is his name, He acts with arrogant pride. The desire of the lazy man kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. He covets greedily all day long, but the righteous gives and does not spare. The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination. How much more when he brings it with wicked intent? A false witness shall perish, but the man who hears him will speak endlessly. A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright, he establishes his way. There is no wisdom for understanding or counsel against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. Friends, I have a special treat for you today. I have Raymond Welch a good friend of mine who's a third-year Karis Bible College student. And Raymond, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Well, Bill, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate you allowing me to have
0: the space. All right. Well, we just finished Proverb 21, and there's lots of good verses we could talk about, Raymond, but which one of those verses spoke to you today?
1: I think verse, uh, verse number one is the one that kind of speaks with me, or speaks to me. Okay. Um, I've had that for a while I think even over When I look back over my Career being in the military My relationship with the Lord Since the Lord saved me um, That's been when I have found To be a very Tragic scripture Because the Lord has just Really given me a lot of favor In the side of the leadership That I've been around And uh, I could just look back on it And I think also Even though it's, I think a complementary scripture With that would be in Psalms 84 and 11 it's, it's the Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he give withhold from those who walk upright before Him. And I just feel like those have been the complementary scriptures along with this one, when I've needed favor uh, from the leadership. There's a lot of times when things weren't always uh, looking good for me in my favor, what was going to happen to me, but I would just bring it to our father, and, he would, and then he would just change it. And I've seen him change it, and it just really has encouraged me. Uh, that he loves me and that he's watching out for me, and uh, and that his word is true. Uh, and so that's been a very, stri- a very serious dynamic I've learned.
0: Wow, Raymond, that's so good. And, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is you just appear to have wisdom just by the way you hold yourself up. And I feel it's an honor to know you. But if you would, Raymond, some of the people listening may not know exactly who you are, if you would, just please share a little bit about your upbringing and your fondest memories.
1: Well, my upbringing is I was actually born in a little city called Aniston, Alabama. Um, it's probably like about 30 minutes west of Birmingham, Alabama. I always use that to qualify because I think otherwise they'll miss it. Because on Interstate 20, you go from Atlanta to Birmingham. And if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss Aniston. It's only about two seconds and you're done. Um, but it's a little country town um, My dad and my mom um, I thank God for them my, my mom was the one that really got me Going, uh, bring me and Taking us to church So at least I got a knowledge I didn't get saved But I had a knowledge of God And having that background growing up When I got into the military Go fast forward That's when I really began to uh, Seek for the Lord And it wasn't until like about my Fourth year that I really, really began to seek the Lord. And uh, I was on a little island up in Alaska. It's called Shimia It's only a two-by-four-mile island. But while I was there, I got a lot of time to think. And it's interesting. Um, somewhere in there, I had a dream about being in hell. And, uh, boy, that turned my life around. I made, I really got serious then about seeking the Lord. because I, I didn't know that there was a difference between really receiving the Lord or just going to church, I thought I was good as long as you get on the roll in church, you're good. But I found out that it was more to it. I really didn't get saved while I was in Alaska. and of going, I was in the Air Force. So I'm sorry. Um, I joined the Air Force in '82 of June, and I went to uh, First Louisiana, uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, at a place called Barksdale and I spent three years there. Then I went um, after that three years. That's when I went to Alaska. Um, and while I was there, I began. I I really, really, I don't know where it was. People were praying for me, and I, I really didn't read the Bible much. I just went to the church when I went home. Um, while I was not at home, I didn't go to church. But when I got there, it's like the Lord really began to work on me. And um, when I got to Alaska, I think I kind of started getting a little bit more serious about the Lord. And then I went to Guam. When I got to Guam. I was just about the end of my tour, and I'd gotten my assignment. Now, granted, I wasn't safe and so I got my assignment, and uh, they were going to send me to a place called Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. And I think many people may know that's what we would call Sin City. And uh, when I found out I was going there, I wasn't saved. But I said, "Look, I know, Lord, if I go to Nevada, Las Vegas, it's over. Ain't no way I'm going to be a little for you over there." And so I didn't really know how to change my assignments. All I could do was ask. In the military and Air Force, you don't tell the people where you want to go. They tell you where you want to go, and you step in line and go too. Well, two weeks after I had made that request, the Lord answered, and I got an assignment changed. He sent me to Okinawa, Japan. And I went to Okinawa, Japan, and um, I went there on a mission because I said, wow, the Lord has changed my assignment. I wasn't used to that because I wouldn't even say it. I didn't really you know he would answer a prayer like that. But he did. And so when I got there, I was looking for a church, and I did find one. It was like a Pentecostal church over there in Okinawa, Japan. And I went there, and he would been preaching about Jesus. And I actually, I received him. Not only did I get saved, but I also got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, that was the beginning of my journey with the Lord, at least on that one. But I've always remembered that, and I just thought about that favor. Once again, that's kind of where that scripture comes in line. Now, I didn't know about Proverbs 21. Where he was giving me favor on the side of leadership, but it wasn't long after that when I did learn about it. That's when I began to really exercise that in my life.
0: Well, let me let me stop you right there, Raymond. First of all, thank you for sharing that story. And I know that that's going to bless some people, but um, how long exactly were you in the military? If you went in, I guess you had to re up, so you were in what six
1: years? Yes, that's right. Okay. The first, the first stint was six years. Uh, and then after that, it was at uh, four-year increments until I got to 26 years.
0: Wow. So then, you, you're
1: actually retired then? Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you for your service.
0: I put my four years in, but wow, 26 <laughs> years is awesome. Now, now, were you an enlisted man or did I you was, go the
1: officer rank? I was enlisted. Yes, sir. And what, uh, what rank did you end up at? I ended up as an E-7 Master Sergeant when I retired. And uh, it was really a, it really was an honor. And a blessing to be in there. Um, I can remember one instance, and in, prior to the end, I had been in a, I came in as a fuels technician. So I worked with aircraft refueling, ground fuels, uh, liquid nitrogen, oxygen. And, but when I got to like about my 17th year, I was really ready to change it to another area, but I didn't know what, where to go to. And so I was praying about it, and I'd asked the Lord, I said, well, I want another career, but I don't even know what to actually, I don't know where to go to. And, uh, what he did, he opened the door, and they didn't realize it at the time, but it was going to be into an environmental position. And I knew the guy who had worked the job, but it would have happened. I didn't want to do it because he was going to work for a full colonel. And the colonel was in line to get uh, his star, his general star. And I said, no, nah, I ain't looking like, I'm at my 20-year mark. I ain't, I'm coasting. I'm not trying to be in here trying to make no name for myself. I said, I just want me a little smooth, cush job and get on out. And so I wasn't going to take the job. Um, But then uh, my commander came to me and said, well, you've been selected to work in this position. So when he told me that, I'm not asking you. (laughs) I'm telling you. But when I got in that position, I found out the Lord really just gave me favor with that commander. It was like his first time really kind of having me in that position as an environmental manager. And so he just gave me a blank slate. He said, anything you need support in, just let me know, and I'll back it up. Any commander who's giving you a problem, you let me know, and I will get that straightened out for them.
0: Well, wow, that's so good, and and you know, another man that had favor in the Bible is one of my favorite characters in Genesis, chapters 37 to 50, is Joseph. And Joseph was a man, and it says several times, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he blessed Joseph. So what it sounds like to me, Raymond, is that God blessed you. Absolutely. And, you know, for anyone listening, if you do not know God, I'm here to tell you that he smiles upon you. He sees you. He knows where you're at. And he is calling you to come to him. Raymond, if you would, uh, explain exactly when were you saved and talk about how did that change your life
1: after giving your life to Jesus? So I'll go back to Okinawa, Japan. And when I was in that church... It was a, a, like a Pentecostal church that was in J- Okinawa, Japan. This is really hard because the Japanese don't give property away or sell property to Americans like it, like they will we do in America. And so for them to actually have that place over, that was amazing. But anyway, what happens? They preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, as well as being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And when they were preaching that gospel there, that's what I knew. That's what I came there for. Because I told the Lord that He would get me out of that assignment, assignment. My life was His, and so when He when I got there, I was looking for a church, and I had tried the chapel, but they really wasn't ministering as well. Um, but I, but in, when I found out about this little church that was there, uh, this Pentecostal church, I went, and that's the first place I really heard about the gospel, and that's when I even heard that I make a choice about receiving Christ. And uh, once they got, uh, once I began to minister on that message, even about Romans, uh, and sharing about how to be born again, I actually exercised that and I received Christ as my Lord. And I mean, it just was a, I don't, I can't tell you the date it was, but I just know it was a great piece I had from when the Lord came into my life then. And then I began to just walk out. I began to seek the things of the Lord even more, and that's when I began to seek the things about the. Uh, I was hearing about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I wanted that. It was just like a hunger that I wanted that in my life. I wanted to be baptized and feel. And then when he prayed for me, I didn't really know. I didn't really have the experience of speaking in tongues right away. But what I did is I went back to my room and while I was, it's probably like about a week later, I was still just worshiping and praising the Lord. I was doing laundry one time in the laundry room and I was just worshiping and honoring and glorifying the Lord. And then he just baptized and filled me with the Holy Spirit and the tongues began to just flow. And I mean, that now that experience was amazing. I think I must have went uh, to the room on that and just prayed for hours.
0: Wow, that's so good. And I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you off right there and go to one of, you know, one of the favorite promises in the Bible in Psalm 37 seven four. it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And it seemed like you wanted to get that in filling, But Raymond, I know there are people listening to this podcast today that are confused with speaking in tongues. And, and a lot of people think that it's not for today. If you would share that experience and explain to the people how important it is to speak with other tongues.
1: I think one of the things that really helped was the teaching that I was getting, and I began to see it in the book of Acts, and we would go across accounts after the, baptism, after the day of Pentecost of how that the Lord was giving that gift to us freely. And then we began to go back. Another thing that helped me when I began to read it, because when you hear somebody talk about it, that's good, but you need to get it. And I got in and read through that and began to see the accounts of when a person was filled with the how they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and how the power of God would be moving in their life. Now I have been taught too because they had also John 7 and 36, he said that he that believeth on me as the scripture has said Out of his belly shall flow Rivers of living water And so I begin to believe On that and I asked and those are The things that help me and being in an environment Where you have other believers who also Believe in that, helped a lot But one thing is key is that You do have to seek him and ask him because The Lord is not just going to baptize and fill You unless you want him But if you're receiving just like salvation he is freely willing to give him to it. And boy, he is make a big, big change in my life because we really don't know, like a Romans eight which tell us, we don't know how to pray as we ought to pray. We don't know how but to when pray. When we pray in the spirit, he knows exactly how to pray. And I found that without fail that there's a lot of situations that I'm in. I don't know how and what to pray about the situation. I just pray in the spirit. But boy, I have seen doors open, the Lord move and give me knowledge, understanding, and revelation. Because of exercising that gift, it is a wonderful gift, and I feel like I'm really just on the tip of the iceberg, and this has been like three or four decades now, but that gift is tremendous.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, you know, but a lot of things, you know, the Bible tells us that if we speak in tongues, that we edify ourselves. In other words, we build ourselves up. So if you're ever like in in the pits or feeling a bit of depression, Raymond, one of the things you automatically should do is seek God and and start speaking in tongues because, you know, it says also that God inhabits the praises of his people. So to me, whenever you're speaking in tongues, you're actually giving praise to God because that is the special language that you can speak directly to the heart of God. And it's, there's nothing like it. No, sir. Raymond, most important decision we ever make in life is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But the second most important decision is choosing a mate. If you would, share that experience when you came to meet your wife and, and discuss that
1: with us. <laughs> Boy, that's funny. I don't know if we have enough time to talk about all of that, so I'm just taking snippets of it. But I had been praying, and now my wife, uh, even though she's here, she won't be able to comment on it because it's kind of like he said and she said on it. But I had been praying for her for like a decade. And ain't saying that's what it takes for everybody to get that wife that uh, they need. But, boy, I had a list. And she's kind of funny, and she tickles me because, look, I was like, the Lord said, ask, and you shall receive, seek, you shall find, knock, the door shall be open. So I had me a laundry list of things I wanted her to be able to do. And she's tipping at me. But the thing I say that everything that I had on my list is in her. And I said, boy, she's that and more and more. So I do believe that uh, I didn't know how to really look for a wife because I, I kind of dated a little bit, but I wasn't very good at it. And uh, I was really pretty quiet. Didn't really talk that much, but I had great expectations. And uh, but, what, what I did is I... I Thank God I had been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. I would just pray in the Spirit about it. And then I would would lift it up in prayer, and I would thank and praise him as much as I knew how and what I was being taught on it. But what happened was um, I was with another church organization. It's a Pentecostal church organization. And uh, my wife, Minnie, she was in a location in Mississippi. And at the time, I was actually in Germany. Um, But what we would do, we would have conferences once a year. And so we would come to this conference. And uh, back in 1998, 99, oh, wait a minute, 97, um, we were going to a conference. And I actually met her, but she didn't quite remember me. But I remember meeting her at the, just like at a stand in a hotel where we were staying. And then I just spoke to her. I didn't say that much. I said, hey, how you doing? I said, I think I heard that you were going to be coming to Germany, uh, Ramstein, where I was. And so she said, yeah, and just kind of went on, didn't say too much after that. And so I came, uh, it was probably, I was getting ready to go to um, a Middle East, I I forget, Prince Sultan Air Base over there. I had to do a a remote, I had to do a little tenure over there for a little while. So actually when Minnie did, she was coming to the same location I was in Ramstein, Germany. But I wasn't there for the first four months. <laughs> and it's funny because we have a lot of saints who like to matchmaking and everything and like to connect people together. And so these uh, these friends of mine who were trying to marry me off, and they couldn't find any of the women that were there. I wasn't really looking at them. They weren't fitting what my, my list was. And so then she began to... Uh, Um, They were talking to her Because they knew her They knew her a while And they had gotten to know me And so they were really talking me up I didn't know this I didn't tell them to do this They were just doing that And she was like Who is this big guy He's just too good for me And all this stuff like this But uh, she actually began To kind of think about me I guess a little bit And maybe they needed Because this was a deal with many And that's one of the things I appreciate about her Is that she was focused on the Lord She loved the Lord She had she and her daughter, and she was fine. She didn't need nobody to come fill her in. Jesus was filling her making her complete. And I think that's one of the things a lot of women need right now. They need to know it's not another person that's going to make you complete. It's the Lord, and she had that. And the Lord really had to work on it to get her to a mind when she was going to meet her Romeo. Um, But uh, what happened is as uh, I came back, we just have a lot of the fellowship together, and every now and then we just kind of set up and have dates. I mean, not dates, but we just get together and fellowship. We begin to talk, and uh, it was probably like about a year or so, maybe like about two years later, we ended up getting married. i had have to get you all the condensed version because there's a lot of other uh, fantastic drama in there, but I'll probably leave that out for right now for the sake of uh, time. But uh, I was, I will say uh, she is a jewel. We were talking about that early. He did find a wife, find a good team. Good thing in obtain favor of the Lord. But I also remember in Proverbs 17, um, it said, A gift is as a precious jewel in the sight of the Lord. Wheresoever it turned it, prosper. And that's what she has been. Uh she is a gift and a jewel. I mean she and I'm learning more um as I'm going forth in our relationship that we have. Um, and it's is really I'm 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 just blessed. Amen. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go to the fourth
0: chapter of Ecclesiastes because You know, Solomon wrote that. He wrote Proverbs. He also wrote Song of Solomon. He also wrote Ecclesiastes in his old age. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, basically it turned his back on God. He, He didn't do what God said. God said, don't marry these foreign women. And he married 300 wives and 700 concubines. Needless to say, he didn't do what God told him to do. But in his old age, he remembered the Lord. And in the fourth chapter of Ecclesiastes, they talk about the triangle, where a husband and wife are at the bottom, mm-hmm. and you're both looking up to God. Now, Ray, I'm sure there are times that you guys have had disagreements, but how important is, is it to know that God is the head of your marriage, and you can always go to God in prayer to go over anything that you guys are going through?
1: It's critical. That's one of the things I prayed for even when I was praying about I didn't know if many was come I just know that I didn't have my face and everything on it, but I knew she was gonna be a pretty woman and uh but it wasn't gonna be just on the outside but it was gonna be on the inside and one of the things I asked the Lord I said, Lord, I want that she would love you more than she loved me because I know if we have a problem and I'm sure we're gonna have them but because she loves you we'll be able to work and make that relationship work. because When the Lord can speak to us, when our focus is on him, we keep Satan out of it. And then we can at least hear, it. even when we have those heated exchanges, whatever it may be, but because we made the Lord our center, he can keep that thing together and keep the devil out.
0: Wow, that's so good. I'm going to go to First Samuel chapter 16. And this is when um, God basically had told... Um, he had told Samuel that the next king of Israel was going to be through the son, sons of Jesse. And so Samuel goes over to Jesse's house, and he looks, and, and all these young men, and they were fine-looking gentlemen. And Samuel's looking at it, he goes, it's got to be Eliab. You know, this guy's a mighty man of God. He's in the army. And he said, no, nope, that's not him. And he went through all six of his sons, and he goes, it's not any of these. Is, is this all your sons? And Jesse felt so, so sure it's not going to be the little ruddy guy out in the backyard looking after his sheep. He's 17 years old, and he goes, no, I've, I've got one more. And he says, go and send for him. He says, a matter of fact, we're not going to do anything else Mm -hmm. until we get him. And as soon as he saw him, he says, anoint him. He is the one. And I want to make reference to what you just said. He said, God does not look at the outward appearance, but he looks at the heart. So I am glad you said that. Friends, if you are in that position and you're looking for a mate, Don't look at the outward appearance. What is their heart made of? And I want to make reference to this. You made this earlier. Always ask God, I want to meet someone who loves God as much as I do or more. To me, that should be number one. Raymond, talk about your kids. Kids are such a blessing. Um, How are your kids doing? And and just tell us what you want about your kids.
1: (laughs) Well... I work with Dante. I got the most experience of working with him. And um, Dante, he's uh, actually... I was able to spend a lot of time with him when he was... uh, I brought him with me when I was in Germany. And uh, we spent a lot of time really getting close. And when I was under the church, I would start to implement a lot of things that I was learning there. So I would pray for him, like every night. Um, And it was interesting. I wasn't... I wasn't sure. I was very young in my walk with the Lord, <laughs> even though this had been some time after, I've been after the Lord had saved me. But I really didn't have good doctrine. I still was learning some things. But I noticed I wanted to pray for him. and I, Sometimes I didn't know what to say. I would pray in my natural language, but then I would pray in the Spirit. But he really had a heart toward the Lord. Um, so much so that when he would go back to speak with his mom, um, who was back in Louisiana, he was trying to preach to her the gospel. I mean, he wasn't holding no bars. I said, uh, Dante, you may want to kind of draw that in a little bit. <laughs> That's your mom. Then uh, you you might get yourself in a little bit of a trouble because she wasn't kind of thinking about the Lord like that. But, um, but he really has grown up to be quite an upstanding young man. Um, he is um, very mild. He's very modest. Uh, disposition, I like his disposition He's not proud of heart He's really a humble young man And he's real smart um, But he's a family man He really loves his family He has uh, been married now And this May coming up It's going to be 13 years But uh, he is a very unselfish gentleman I, I look at him and I say Wow, would did I was like that When I was his age uh, But he is one And he loves the Lord But he doesn't just not I would like for him to be even more and but I have learned that it's best that you model how you want someone to be and you have to learn how to love people and ask, them, ask learning from the Lord how to be wise and leading people and leading your children to him mm-hmm. because sometimes you want the best for them and you want to say yes and no but they need to make that decision just like the Lord didn't make me receive salvation from him I can't make them but I also need to respect their decisions. And I've learned that. And I found out over the most recent years that the relationship between us has grown a lot better because I'm not trying to dictate to them how to live. But I respect them, and I leave space. And he's one who will come to me and ask me But what I do know that it's so important to model Christ before them. And as they could see that, they were emulated. And I know from growing up, with looking at my dad and looking at those who have been role models, that what you do is going to speak volumes more than what you say. But it's good when you can line up both, what you say and what you do. And uh, this, I think it has a great impact on him. And he's very good his children, all of them. They love him and they respect him. And uh, I, I know he has a very good influence. And he's very good at working. He has a very strong work ethic. Um, and I really appreciate that. I just, uh, I think as we grow and older, we just I'm learning more about the Lord. I would, I gave him what I did know, but now it's new. The new things I'm learning, especially here being a carrots, I have more to offer, but I have to just give him a little bit at a time, and then let him embrace that and respect that, and then respect that the Lord and the Holy Spirit they know how to bring him to the place he needs to be. And so this has been a very great learning lesson for me. And learning how to stay in my place in my life and trust the Lord, yeah, uh, because he did say, "Trust him with all our heart, lean not to our own understanding."
0: Well, Ray, that's so good. And you know, I'm I'm gonna just piggyback a couple things you said. First of all, that actions speak louder than words. Now I'm gonna go to the book of Numbers, the Old Testament, chapter twelve, verse three, and it says Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth, and you know. If you just read that verse, you don't really get that much out of it. But when you realize that Moses wrote that about himself, that is what really honors me because he was so humble. He said, I'm the most humble. That means that he put his total reliance on God. And that, to me, is the essence of what humility is. And then you go to the 13th chapter of John and this is after the Last Supper. Jesus had just finished eating supper with his, last, with his disciples. And it says he took out his outer garments. Mm-hmm. And he got a container of water and yes. he poured it with water. And he went and washed the feet of his disciples. That is an example of what humility oh, yes, is. is. Then we go to 1 Peter chapter 5. And it says, clothe yourselves in humility. I like that, because Peter, you know, he had denied Jesus three times, but then he came to the realization of how important it is to know Jesus. Ray, gosh, we've gone on and on, and we haven't talked about Karis yet, so let's go to second year, Because second year is when you begin to use the foundation you've gotten for first year. If you would speak about how IAGs, and that stands for interactive groups, how did that change your life when you began practicing preaching to your fellow students?
1: Okay. Well, actually, there was more of a learning lesson because we have already been in ministry for like about two decades before we came here. And so... The thing that IEGs helped me with was my timing. Because I, was, I would preach for a long time. And I need to learn how to work within a short time. That was my biggest challenge during that second year. Because I'm wordy. And as you may have known now and here now, I take a lot of words to express myself. But I'm getting better. I'm learning how to be a little bit more brief. Uh, my wife is kind of helping me with that to some degree. But uh, just I'm learning. But what that did help me uh, was getting before the people and learning not to be so dominant again, once again, being able to build other people up and let them be able to speak. But then also for me to learn how to say what I had to say, um, I had to think about it a lot. So to helped me to get my thoughts in order because I think a reason why I would kind of go so long, I didn't have any structure in my thought. And so I would just be start out here and go right here and go right here. And uh, because I wouldn't stand with a point in working it, I would be all over the place. And so that really did help me to bring that into perspective and order. And I really needed that. That really helped me a lot. Well, that was really
0: good. And if you would just share, because part of the second year requirement is that you go on a mission trip. If you would explain to the audience how going on a mission trip and making yourself available for God to use, how does that change your life?
1: Well, it definitely teaches you to be unselfish. Um, and I would say, now our second year that we did, we went to Tennessee. And uh, we there was just a great group there. And they just really impressed us from the very beginning because they were just had a servant's heart. Um, and then the whole time they were really trying to minister to us as they were helping us to really go out and minister to others. But they laid down a good groundwork when we were there, the saints that were there. As far as going out to the local lo, lo, uh, community and then ministering the gospel and reaching out to them. And it kind of helps us get young fears that we have of going out and minister to other people that we have never seen before. Um, because sometimes everybody is not into desire want to go out and witness to others. And so it is a challenge sometimes to go out and share that. But when they really break it down and let you know that really you're about you're going out and sharing the testimony of what the Lord has done for you. That changes someone's life because it's something real. And it may not affect everybody, but it will affect, affect someone. And so what we're going to do, we're not going to be concerned about when we learn to be a little bit more, as I learned to be a little bit more uh, unselfish. I wouldn't think about how it was going to look on me if somebody rejected me or resisted me or didn't want to hear me. It just became a matter of whoever the Lord had available that I had that opportunity to witness and share that with them and encourage them then it can help change their life because really the whole focus is about Christ. And what we want to be as ambassadors for Christ is be able to go out and share what he's done in our life. That has tremendous impact because we don't know the backstory of the person we're going to minister to, but the Lord has a dynamic way of just bringing us to meet the right person at the right time. And we could be thousands of miles away and he could be working all kinds of dynamic. They might be only there for a minute. But the Lord will work it out. And He, had probably, I'm sure he planted from the foundation of the world that he will bring us together. And we may just have a few minutes to share that about our testimony, but it has changed the whole trajectory of that life. And even if it wasn't one that changed their life, they gave their life unto the Lord, it could be a seed that's planted. And the Lord said, well, some plant, some water, but he knows how and when he'll bring the increase. We just need to do our part. And so that really was a great dynamic, and learning that also in that second year of learning, we we're working as co-laborers with the Lord, and so He has a part He wants us to do because we are His mouthpiece with His hands and His feet, and when we do our part, we're extending His presence here and letting them know they need to hear that. And surprisingly, we would think almost everybody has heard of the gospel, but they haven't, and so we just don't know. And I think it's even more impactful when we are living that life before the Lord because it's going to speak volume, you and it's because the spirit of God who's dwelling in us, he is the one that's going to make an impact on them. Not so much to knowledge, because with a lot of knowledge, we could get puffed up, but it might not be a way of we're living, but as we learn to live that what we're speaking, he's going to bring a difference and we don't know what that is or when it might be. But thank God for his mercy and grace and his love. Who knows how many other people who have sinned in order to make that change, and they could have been like where I was before I kept to know the Lord. Who knows how many He brought in my course and path before I finally came to the place where I said, "Lord, I need you, and I need, I really want you, and I really want to live for you and be your servant."
0: Wow, that's so good. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to First John chapter four, verse seventeen, and it says, "As he is, so are we in this world." Raymond, we're supposed to be Jesus in the flesh. And I think an example of that is last year when you did your first third year of ministry and how you were asked to be an intern on a mission trip. So first of all, I honor you for that. You had to have been recognized by leadership here to be asked to be in that position. But how important was it to you knowing that you could lead and guide other students second year students and in how to go through the mission process?
1: Well, Bill, to be honest with you, I wasn't going to do it. So what happened was my wife had more than mine and want to do that one. And so I was like, well, we'll do it together. Uh, And so that's where she once again came in to be a blessing. Because when I did that, um, I really was thinking only about myself. I wasn't going to volunteer and do that when I said, I'll be all right. I'm just fine. But the Lord had more because what he did, what he brought us into contact with a lot of other saints. And um, we've developed relationships with them. And I didn't see that coming. Um, I just thought it was going to be something else that we're just going to get involved with. I guess we go ahead and do it. But it ended up developing relationships and and, and leadership also and knowing how to work with people. And that's something we really need to learn because we're each dynamic. I know in 1 Corinthians Corinthians 12, it said the Lord has placed all the members in the body as it had pleased Him. But each one of us have a gift, and I really believe that each one of us, uh, even on the face of the earth, before we even receive the Lord, the Lord has placed a dynamic in each one of us that is an expression of Him. Now, That's what I believe, so it may not be all I can qualify in the scripture, but I believe that each one of us in some way are an expression of who he is. But certainly when we come to believe and receive him, it is definitely manifest. And then we get to see how dynamic it is and how much we need one another. Because we have strengths and we have weaknesses. And sometimes we may not want to acknowledge the weaknesses, but when when we bring everybody together as a body, and they're doing in that what what the Lord has given them, when they can recognize that in that purpose and walk in it, we see how dynamic we really are. And that's what we got to really see and experience. And it really enlightened me, and it helped me even appreciate the saints even more because of what they bring to the table. And sometimes they may or may not know it, but one of the um, couples that was there, they were really influenced by the way that Mini and I had been just really working with them to work and help them. And they decided to do third year. And one of the main reasons they decided to go was because they saw how the Lord was ministering through us. And so that life that we live, once again, is very important because people are looking at us. And um, they want to see a lot of people who don't know the Lord, they want to see, well, oh, you say you know Jesus. And they want to know, well, how is that working out for you? But when they can see how that's working out for us, Then they want that too Because it fills a void that's in them And they know it But they're just kind of being quiet Because it's kind of a crazy world right, William It's it's not so wise to be trusting of everybody I probably trust a little bit more than I need to But then my balance is my wife, Minnie Who kind of keeps me from being a little bit too trusting Or even sometimes naive uh, When it comes to doing some things But uh, when you're with other people And you can appreciate them um, man, it really is an amazing knit. And to think of how our father in heaven, he knows all the details about us, how to bring us together and how to work these things out. And when I was in the military, I worked in logistics. So we work with getting supplies from one place to another. And when I think about the chief logistician, who is our God and father, how he's able to work this out, nobody can match how he can bring things together, bring us and people together. And even bring conversation, bring our life that he is transformed to his glory, and then use that to bring someone else a glimpse and get them an even desire to be imparted to them to want to be a part of his kingdom.
0: Well, that's so good. And, and Ray, I've really enjoyed having you on. But what I want to ask you is this um, Have you ever thought about your legacy? Because when I see you, I see you as a Paul, and I see you speaking. To young men, as Paul did with Timothy. Now, you can do this with your grandkids, but have you feel, do you feel God is maybe calling you to do that and maybe have an influence on the younger generation? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Absolutely. And I I think it's a complete honor that the Lord would allow me to win that capacity to lead other men to discipleship. I've had a desire for that. But I haven't known how to do it, even what to give them. Um, Unfortunately, with the other organization that we were with, I just can find good examples of how to disciple and know what to do and what to minister to them. Um, But I know, yet, even this time, that the Lord was using all those things, even those failures. And what I can look back and see is that I realized how important a mentor can be for a person in their life. And I really didn't have, I did, but I didn't. I kind of just looked at people more so and men. I didn't really have those that I trusted, and so I would have it. But I think for young men, it's imperative that they have someone like that in their life who will share some critical things to them, some basic things to them that they can learn, especially when it comes to relationship with the Lord and even how to relate to women. Um, Because one of the things that my wife and I are working with is the Lord has put up on our heart Certainly, she is a dynamic woman of God, and they're using. And she she really is a wonderful example for the women, and I believe that he is working it out in me to be able to bring that same dimension for the helping the men. And it's a big task because there's a lot of abuses we found out about going on with the the way the men treat women. Uh, it's inappropriate, but they have oftentimes had it modeled by their fathers or those who they respect, and they think it's a norm, but it's not. And so it needs to be set straight. And so I believe that what the Lord has given me, and I thank him for that, is that knowing that how to be right. He's yet working on me because I know I always feel like I need tomorrow before I tell someone else to do anything else, I need to lead out by example. Uh, and I think I do pretty good and take care of my wife. But um, I know there's room for improvement and I'm learning that. But I think of the things that I'm learning and we are learning We need to take that and show others by example and also by sharing that and helping them to be able to know that they can have this great relationship with the Lord and that they can be upright and upstanding. And instead of being a menace and being um, a liability in the community, they could be an asset, not only in the community, but wherever the Lord will put and place them. And that it will be also like a force multiplier because I don't know who they're going to reach. But the people who they will reach by the good example that we are setting before them and the relationship they will build with the Lord, that they will impress others and cause them to come unto him, too.
0: Wow, that's so good. I'm going to ask a couple more things of you. I'm going to give you two or three minutes to share, knowing that there may be some people in this audience, Ray, that does not know the Lord. And what I would like for you to do is impress upon anyone listening today how important is knowing God to you and how have you changed your life because of the goodness of the Lord.
1: I would say that for those who may not know the Lord, I think that one of the things you could do in your heart is just ask him. Ask him. And say, Lord, I don't know if you're real. I've heard of your word and people talking about you. But I really need you to make yourself real, make yourself known to me. And I want to let you know he will honor that. He's been waiting. And I would dare say his voice has already been going out that he wants that relationship with you. And I would say from experience that when you allow him to come into your life, and this is something we have to continually learn. So once you begin Uh, To receive the Lord in your life, to be born again, even to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't just stop there and say, okay, I'm good. I, I, I know the Lord and I'm going to heaven and everything is good. No, he has so much more. But you really have to seek and allow him in. There are some areas that we've been hurt or damaged or abused or afflicted in our lives. And sometimes it builds up a wall or a barrier. And so he wants to come in and minister unto you and minister his comfort. He wants you to come to a place that you can come before Him with your being um, laden, weary, and heavy laden, and He will give you rest. He wants you to take His yoke upon you and learn of Him because He is meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul because His yoke is easy and His burden is light. He wants you to know and experience His love because that's going to change you from the inside out. Now, from the outside in, and that's one thing I have learned, because sometimes we have a, we could, I ain't going to say everybody, but I know I have for a long time, live the facade, I work on my outside instead of working on the inside. But just like uh, we heard earlier from Bill on when he talked about Samuel, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the inward. But then when we do that and allow him to come in, he's going to show us that he can be trusted with the most sensitive things in our life. That may take a little while because we could have experiences Especially if you're a young man, with maybe your father was a, um, I don't know, maybe it wasn't a good relationship, and because of the way that you perceive the Father naturally on earth, sometimes that can carry over the way you may perceive God the Father in heaven. But, if you allow him, just ask him to help you, even in the midst of that difficulty that you have, the Lord will come in and he will bring a change, a wonderful change, as often as you will let him, and you will. You might not even notice, as the Lord is making a change in your life, the things he's doing, but other people around you will begin to see and acknowledge that. And it's just Christ working in you, the hope of glory. Amen.
0: Raymond, if you would, last last, uh, last thing I'm going to ask you to do is go ahead and lead the, anyone that needs to receive Jesus into the
1: kingdom for us. And so I would just ask you to say, you could just repeat with me these words. Romans 10. And 11, it said that um, he that believe it only, well, uh, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God have raised, that God had raised Jesus' dead body from the grave, you should be saved. And when you've heard all the things that I've ministered, but I encourage you to go and look in the scriptures. Um, look in Romans, look in Matthew. And then when you read through the scriptures, even if you would replay this back listen to the thing that Bill and I have talked about, and just ask the Lord to open his, open your eyes, your understanding, and enlighten you to know the hope of his calling that he has for you. No matter how miserable your life may seem on BB right now, he is a transforming God. <clears throat> and he is able to change it as long as you just give it to him. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Because you love me and Father I ask you forgive me of my sins Cleanse me of my unrighteousness Lord I can't name them all But Lord I know the blood of Jesus was not in vain He covered all my sins And it's not about my righteousness It's all about Jesus' righteousness It is an exchange life You're giving me Christ and his righteousness uh, Instead of my unrighteousness and ungodliness called me to be condemned But Lord help me to walk this life out And to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh Help me to live for you. And Lord, I'll be your disciple. And Father, I give you all the glory. I give you all the honor and praise in Jesus' name.
0: Well, Ray, thank you so much for coming on. I've been blessed by your presence, and I know that you have touched many lives today. Friends, if you have any questions, or if you repeated that prayer, reach out to me on my Facebook page, Bill Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y. And if you have any specific questions about anything you've heard today, reach out to me on messenger. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Friends, please join me again tomorrow as we further explore wisdom today.